Welcome to RNG PC, a Dungeons and Dra- uh. You can do it! Oh yes we can! And yes we will! Keep going. We are a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, unlike any other podcast. We are absolutely 100% original. There's nothing else out there like us. And if there is, we're suing you um, effective immediately. There's no long drawn out campaign here. We're creating random PCs that have fleshed out backstories... We're all about the storytelling and role-playing aspects of the game. My name is Nathan, and this is my co-host, Jake. How's it going? Yes, Nathan and Jake, Dungeons & Dragons lawyers, <laughs> yep. coming at you. With... We're going to serve you a cease and desist, just like Bud Light did with the Bud Knight. <laughs> Some guy's going to show up in the middle of your next recording with a huge, long scripture of old-timey words to tell you to stop. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it starts. Essentially it. Yes. The next episode, join us for writing legal documentation in old-fashioned, old-style old English. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be riveting. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a learning experience for everyone involved, really. <laughs> so, Jake, I have a question for you. No. I'm just going to... That's, oh. that's That's my... No, that's my answer. That's, oh. <clears throat> well, let's just get into it then. <laughs> What's your question? Go. Um, so we do a lot of talking about how other people should play the characters that we're creating, which leads me to want to ask you out of all the characters that you have created as a player, um, if you could pick a favorite moment that occurred in a campaign of yours that either you orchestrated with your character or were directly a part of, uh, does anything come to mind? That's such a vague question or like broad question. <laughs> Like, I mean, you don't have like a favorite like I don't know, pretend like your campaigns are a movie. You don't sure. have a favorite like scene, or you sure. don't have like a favorite thing you said to someone. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, that's what done. Like, that's one. That's part of the magic of Dungeons and Dragons is that like at the end of the day, when you go back and you rethink on stuff, it's not just oh, this like you, it feels like it actually happened, right? You're telling the story and yeah. you're talking about it. So, I mean. Which no one ever cares about what your character did except other D&D players. And even then there's a fine line about how much is this person going to listen to me talk about a campaign they were not involved in. But we're going to do that right now. Yes, yes, to an extent. <laughs> I mean, hey, they, someone clicked on this episode and started it. So they, yeah. they, they've committed to listening to some sort of other people talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yes, I guess there was the, – the first character I played was with a group of friends and uh, – I I decided to be a druid because I took some tests online. I was like, oh, here are all the different like classic. Like, I was like, nice. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I took this thing online. I said I should be a druid. And the, I remember the DM who was my my friend just looked at me and was like, this is your first time playing and you want to just be a druid off the bat. Like that's a lot. Okay, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. And now looking back on it, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get his hesitation of because they yeah. they have access to so much different stuff that like it, it's. Yeah. Anyways, so it was a druid that hated nature <laughs> because I, nice. tried, I I tried to play this character that was as true to me as possible because I feel like that's an easier way to get into like get into role playing. So yeah. for people that know me, they know I'm not a fan of the heat. And so I, I played this Arctic druid that was from like the, the great north and loved all the snow and he was down visiting somewhere and he was just constantly complaining about the heat. Oh my god. <laughs> but so he he uh it was a scenario where he finally got to the point where he could animal shape into things that could fly because at a certain okay. level you, you, you get the ability to, to shape change into things that can fly. And so as soon as like when we leveled up the DM was like, yeah, you can turn into now things that fly. I was like, 
fuck yes, I'm turning into a bird. <laughs> I was like, I want to fly you right turned into a what? A bird. I just turned into a bird. Oh, I turned no, into like okay. a crow. Or just something <laughs> like, yes. And so I'm just going to go. I'm going to fly ahead. I'm going to scout and do all this. Like, how far ahead are you going? I was like, I don't fuck. I'm just going all the way ahead. Like, I'm just it's like, so you're <laughs> leaving the group behind in the woods. And you're, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I can, I'll come back and like fly around. And he's like, okay, all right. Ro- roll a perception check. I rolled a natural one. No, oh. no idea. I was like, "Yeah, whatever, it's fine." And then all of a sudden, I get stung in the ass by this giant hornet or like bee-like thing that came out of nowhere. And a crow has like five hit points or some shit. Yeah. So in air, I change from this crow into this thing, and I'm falling back into the ground. And then I'm surrounded by this swarm of like these hornet bee-like giant things. And so I just get pissed, and I cast like sleet storm or ice storm. <laughs> And rolled super high on it. And by the time my group caught up to me in two rounds, all of the bees were dead. <laughs> all of them. Like, with my sleet storm, I just, I had killed all of these bees because I just rolled, like, <laughs> super high on it. I was like, because I, I think it's, like, a second or third level spell, but I cast it at, like, fifth level or something. So, like, just, nice. I, I amped it up as much as I could. And just killed everything because they just stayed in it for so long. And, That's amazing. Yeah. And by the time the group got there, the team was like, that was supposed to be like an encounter for everyone. I was like, well, they pissed me off. <laughs> I was like, that was not okay. And then I went through on all the bodies of the bees and he let me do an, like a nature check to try and take their stingers. <laughs> And so I made a bunch of bee knives, is what I would call them. Oh my god! And then I would attack and throw bee knives at people <laughs> that were just essentially <laughs> their stingers that I had turned into knives. So that was, yeah, that was fun. My favorite part about that story is that um, it included having a natural one. Mm. It included you yeah. having to yeah. adapt to the dice not playing out in your favor, which is arguably one of the harder parts of D and D because you have an idea of how you want something to go, and your DM makes you roll on it, and you just shit the bed super hard, and now you have to figure out yeah what to do now. Like yeah. your whole plan and your brain that you've been thinking about probably all week long to deal with the situation now does is not happening. What do you do now? Yeah. So it's awesome that that uh, that that was the outcome. Mine wasn't that well thought out. It was just a yeah. I rolled a nat one. I guess I'm getting fucked. <laughs> like it I mean, was, it was still pretty great though. Yeah, it helped. That's, I'm just imagining these group of adventurers coming upon their fucking melodramatic druid who's just bitching about how hot it is all the time and he's just blade massacred with a bunch of fucking hornets and yeah, bees and shit just made it sn- just made it sleet storm in the middle of the or ice storm or whatever i don't remember what the spell exactly was but what about you what is, do you have one do you have anything you brought it up i do yeah i do um so i like i think i've mentioned it in the podcast before i play D to try to just you know flex my very tiny improv and acting abilities um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, it's just fun. I like, I like, that's my favorite mm-hmm. part of D and D. So my favorite part is always the role playing. So I have a handful of favorite moments that aren't necessarily good stories because they're just personally, they're personal to me because I felt the most invested in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, Sure. but I do have one that I think it's a good story just from a, a role playing perspective. And um, I'm gonna tell the story like you don't know it, but you were there. What? Um, I was actually what? This is all I'll, a I'll, surprise. I'll be uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be surprised at the right moments. Don't worry. Okay, so um, our DM is currently playing a um, an NPC within our group. Uh, we met her. Quick backstory: We met her under this huge mountain. She was our guide to get us out of the mountain back into the city. She's been with us for quite some time. A lot of our other character uh, co-players are attached to her. Um, she always tends to get the final kill on the big bad we're fighting. Yeah. She just, so she, uh, the big joke in our group was that she's our carry. Like whenever she comes on an adventure with us, she's just going to wipe out, get the last shot on everything. Um, anyway, 
Inside jokes aside, um, <laughs> she gets sent to hell at some point by a Rakshash. Rakshasha. You have to do the, the spirit hands with it. It makes it better. Oh, I got to do jazz yeah, hands? It, this is an audio format, but everyone knows what jazz hands are. So it's Rakshasha. See, it makes it better. It does. It makes it, you, does. It, makes it pronounce it better. <laughs> so this bitch got sent to hell. And, um, <laughs> Title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and then, go uh, And then one of our guys, uh, one of our co-players, um, very uh, craftily deceives a demon. He gets sent to hell. Um, I had not actually gone back and listened to that, so I don't know what actually happened. But he gets sent to hell, used some sort of spell in reverse that sent him back to he ban- our real plane. Yeah. He banishes himself back to Earth. Oh, he ban- okay, so he banishes himself out of hell. Back to this plane. Brings this uh, NPC back with him. And uh, she's all sorts of messed up. She's weak. She's burnt. Um, she's on the cups, cusp of death. And we put her in her room. And I'm taking care of her. I feel bad for her. I've got this wet rag that I'm dabbing her down with just to cool her down and bring her temperature down. I'm not trying to like, clean off her crusties or anything like that. Because uh, she's crisp. Her crust? <laughs> What, her crusties? Her chars. Like, you know, her skin's all charred and shit. She was fucked up, man. <laughs> Glad you're not a doctor. <laughs> what, what's wrong with her? I don't know. She's got some crusties on her over there. Could be, she looks, could be she burned. She looks charred. How long's your cooker for? Oh my God. Anyways, <laughs> continue with the story. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I pat her down. I'm cleaning her up. I'm trying to talk to her, trying to wake her up. Um, she's not waking up. I'm in the basement of our like of our house. Everyone's upstairs, and my character in that moment decides that she's had enough, um, and takes the rag I was cleaning her with and shoves it in her mouth and holds her nose closed until she smothers to death. And my reason why I think that was an awesome moment is because everyone, because we stream our sessions, everyone, they looked like their stream froze. <laughs> And, and like, just getting those reactions out of players as another player is just, it's fucking, it's top-notch. It's... Yeah. I thought Drea's uh, screen froze. Um, Levix, who nine times out of ten, who's also our audio producer, has his screen closed. I even got an eyebrow raise out of him. <laughs> he was... <laughs> yeah, it was the fact was that like, there was a reaction from him is what made it good. Yeah. Well, and see, yeah. I feel like just to give context to this, because out of context, that just sounds like you're the fucking worst. Like, why would uh, you just true. murder someone else? So it's like, <laughs> I think the as as somebody that is trying to bridge the gap to under, let people understand what makes this not a murder hobo situation, is that like, your character itself is an undying character that constantly comes back and has to has had to deal with a lot of different senses of pain and death, Correct. to the point where he his end goal is to be able to finally rest in peace and be able to be dead. Yeah. So. When this happened for Triv, who is the the character that came back with us or that you killed, it, it's it's seen as this way of like you you relate to the suffering. You saw what she was going through, and in a way that your character could relate to. And yeah. like, it's also a really good moment because it was this idea that like you were helping somebody achieve all that you want. And in the way it's like, okay, this is like a mercy killing. And so it's like, wherever you like, it, it, it brings up a lot of questions. It makes a <laughs> lot of things happen. And, and yeah, and that's where it's like, I think what I was just most proud of of everyone in our group is that we didn't metagame in any way, yeah. like, because no one else was there. It was just like, sure. We all heard it happen as people, but our characters didn't know it, it happened. And mm-hmm. so it was just, yeah, it was a good moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I did have a speech, everyone. I did apologize. So I was like, I, I was like, let me see if I can. It's <clears throat> like, sorry, Triv, for all your suffering. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll that makes up for the murder. <laughs> if you say sorry, I'm not going to finish that joke. Nope. <laughs> yep. Sorry. So yeah, that was. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a nice, it's a nice tone to say. Mine was about killing bees in the woods. Yours. Well, you know, Jake, just to let you know, if I ever go to hell and come back, I want you to smother me. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but Chelsea sure. can't do it. My sure. wife, you have to do it. Wow. Oh, geez. Don't put that on me. I'm not going to. Oh, it's okay. This is the last thing about this story. The best thing that has come out of it for me is now that the little bit of metagaming we do actually in the game is that the, Nate's character in this is a warlock so the only thing warlocks ever do is Eldrick's Blast we've <laughs> now decided that anytime he goes to kill somebody it's actually called Eldrick's Rag because he's yeah. just going to gag <laughs> it's just Eldrick's Rag Eldrick's Rag so <laughs> he just uses the rag to, to kill people and so like, that's a yeah. pretty good meme so if you're going to make me have to Eldrick, Eldrick's Rag you I'm not here for this I'm not a warlock I'm, I'm a lawful good character whatever <laughs> um, alright but yeah you ready? Yeah, let's uh, let let us get into the character we will be building this week. Okay, <clears throat> so this idea is actually kind of something I think I've been sitting with for a while. Oh, I wanted to. Uh, yeah, so I got this idea from. There's another podcast I listened to that some of you may be familiar. Is it Critical Role? I watch that on Twitch. I don't listen to it as a podcast. Thank you very much. So I'm sorry if I just screamed that really loud. Yeah, look at that. You look at you peaking audio for everyone all over the world. I got excited. You, you did. At your, at your predictability. Well, you're wrong. It's not what it uh, is. Shit. The other podcast, uh, another podcast I like to listen to is called uh, LeVar Burton Reads. Um, it's... It's exactly what it sounds like. It's LeVar Burton <laughs> from Reading Rainbow as well as Star Trek. Um, and he just reads short stories. And it's great and it's like it's it's been going since like 2017 but anyways there is uh, an episode uh, why do you call it Re- reading rainbow is that probably is that because it's copyrighted probably by pbs yeah i would imagine um is there like a statute of limitations on copyrights yes unless you're disney um <laughs> what and so there was an episode um that is called i'm trying to find it right now i wanted to pull this up i forgot i apologize uh but god damn it anyways in it it's about essentially a wizard and a rogue that have to go on this like adventure together and this wizard it's all from the rogue's perspective and so this rogue is very much put off by this this wizard because he's heard all these stories about how this wizard just brutally kills people for no reason and will just like cause like giant like wars or like it just does a bunch of very heavy-hitting stuff. Eldrick's Rag. Not quite, but close to. Um, <laughs> and so the the moral of the story is when we get to the end, he's using the rogue to sneak in and steal something that uh, is inside this castle of the queen, of this new queen. And so when he goes inside to do this, he tells him, you know, also, you're a rogue, and, you know, I, I can pay you, but it also might be worth it for you if you steal something from inside that says, hey, I, I took something from this place. Like, look at me. I'm this good of a rogue and use it as like a, a, a bragging like thing. Okay. So when he's inside or it's, it's yeah. And so he goes inside and he ends up stealing this letter as well. And like, so when he then takes his letter and reads the letter, it turns out that that's, that this letter was this big, like 
love letter to a different king of a different kingdom than the one this queen had just married into. And Ooh. so it, it becomes this whole big thing where the rogue figures out that he was played. He was used to essentially go in and steal this letter, like not actually go in and, you know, do whatever he was sent up. He's like, how did you know I was going to steal this? How did you know, like, all of this? Like, why were we here? Why is this what you did? And the, the wizard then reveals at the end that, like, his actual power is that he gets a little bit of insight into when major events might be happening that can cause large ripple effects throughout the overall scheme of things. So he kind of just goes to these places and tries to affect them in a way that will hopefully have a better outcome or at least prevent larger destruction or chaos. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's <laughs> that's really interesting. So, like, again, in the beginning of the story, the rogue is like, this is this murdering, power-hungry wizard that's just awful and scary and, like, all, yeah. of, all of this type of stuff. And it's like, but you come to find out, anytime he killed somebody or did something that gave him this, gave him this awful name or reputation, it actually was him trying to, in some way, shape, or form sway the course of history yeah like help the greater good kind of greater good yeah, yeah yeah and so i was like oh that's that's fun so that is interesting it's almost like um a really cool version of the terrible nicholas cage movie next <laughs> i mean so yes yes and no one it's a nicholas cage movie so i don't know if you really need to go into the the word terrible in there <laughs> nicholas cage movies have a very special way uh, that they are received i feel like anyways um it's because it, it's uh, I, I how i at least took it and from the short story and if i if i find it by the end of the podcast i'll at least say the name of it um it was it's more about i don't think he sees exactly what's going to happen right because in next he gets like a little premonition knows exactly what's going to happen that's why he's great at blackjack or whatever he's good yeah at in the movie. it's two minutes time or whatever it is yeah so i think in this it's more of and, and I think what made it more, what makes this potentially more fun of a dynamic is that you don't know what's going to happen. You just know something is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that even also plays into this idea that kind of helps with D&D in that, like, you're right. The main thing in D&D is like, oh, we're a adventuring group and we're going on adventures, whether it's going to kill this big monster or find this thing or dungeon dive or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, at the end of the day, you're always doing something. You're always a part of something that really is the center of the world because, you know, the DM is... Th- God and all this. So I think this is a fun dynamic that allows, I don't know why we're really here, but we're here. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So that's how I was kind of looking at this. And so when I was trying to okay. figure out what class they actually are, I think Warlock kind of made the most sense because it ties into this idea that there is maybe some other being or something else that is kind of informing you that like, hey, you know, I'm this larger being. I can see the overall everything that's going on timeline yeah you need to be here you need to be right here right now because something's going to happen and i need you to be a part of it or around it or at least watch it in some way shape or form so when i was looking at the different warlock backgrounds um there's celestial which okay i don't think i know (laughs) i think this is like our third or fourth warlock we've made (laughs) um whatever warlocks (laughs) are fucking dope they're complex okay calm down first stories at least they're yeah um with this one the with celestial you good? Anything else you wanna you wanna convince people to play more warlocks? The best around. Never gonna ever let you down. Um, <laughs> anyways, with celestial, uh, it, your what it says is your patron is a powerful being of the upper planes. You have bound yourself to an ancient 
we're getting into weird like words of things that are from other planes here. Um, <clears throat> but the ent identity that resides uh, in that plane, uh, it's in a plane of everlasting bliss. And this idea of like they're they're just beyond and above all of this. Your path oh my God. with them allows you to experience the barest touch of holy light and illuminous. And so also this is a little bit more of a healing type of warlock. Um, it's not necessarily Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so it's not as damage based. Um, yeah, but. What I thought was interesting about it as well, it says, being connected to such a power causes you to change your behavior and beliefs. You might find yourself driven to annihilate the undead, defeat fiends, or and protect the innocent. At times, your heart might be filled with longing for the celestial realm of your patron, uh, or patron to a desire to wander that paradise for the rest of your days. So it's like kind of like... It's a little bit more holy okay, in, okay. in a sense. I don't, I don't really necessarily want to play into that as much. Yeah. Um, but, Are you yeah. going to bind yourself to a unicorn? <laughs> that is one of the options. And see, <laughs> and so, okay, so, the, so, this is a very roundabout way. I think is the longest we've gone, like for the top tier. So the top tier I'm bringing in is the class of warlock with the the, the underlying thing as celestial. And okay. so I wanted to preempt that all by saying how I think this would be the most fun for me as both a player and DM is that you and the DM at least are on the same page with this as much as possible because. I think the DM wants to be cryptic. <laughs> I think you want to play this patron as somebody that gives maybe this this player a little bit more information than the rest of the people, but definitely not like, oh, you know, this this king is going to be assassinated, so you have to be like, just say, you know, hey, you have to be in this this area or this place. And if you're the DM up to this character, you can give as little or as much as you want. But I think you want to be on the same page, so that I think this is also a a, a big flex character. I don't think this is anyone's character one. You know? <laughs> fair. Also fair. Um, it, so what excites me about it as a player is that it's like, I don't think you, you, I don't think you necessarily need to know like the secrets or like, oh my God, I know everything that's going on in this campaign. But it, it could kind of be like a little bit more ab about that. You have to trust each other. You have to trust that like, okay, if I give them this little bit of information, what what they do with it is up to them. And again, you don't have to tell them what the plan is. Just, hey, this is where you need to be right now. You ha like you kind of have this sense of of where you're vibing in the world and yeah. where, where you fit in. Um, so yeah, so that was the the background I wanted to go with, and or the class I wanted to go with. And the background that I thought fit with it best was uh, one that is called Far Traveler, because one, it's in the title. It's like, oh wow, this person's going to be all over the place, and they're the main thing is that they're from way off from somewhere else and whenever wherever yeah. you are now when you encounter people they can tell you're not from here you're seen as like this outsider and you're seen as someone that intrigues people and people of like uh, of certain studies and certain like you know higher knowledge things are often interested in your stories and where you're from and things they can learn from you yeah um also you are very good at you know being out in nature and you know insightful into other people because you've met so many um so, yeah, so that was the background I wanted to go with. And then the other things I am bringing, I think the, the last thing I wanted to bring was the race. And so I, what I thought okay. would kind of help play into this a little bit was a more exotic race that we have not played before that is called the Genasi. Okay. And so the Genasi race... What the fuck it, is that? <laughs> the Genasi race is essentially a... a, a half Are they airbenders? A little bit. But no, they look like they can look like that a little bit. But they're so they're a mix of a humanoid and a genie. So it's <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking dope. 
it, it, yeah. So in and depending on which genie the the their half of will say what color they are, what certain little powers they may also have. Um, they essentially are just are humanoid in every other way. They age at the same way. They have the same characteristics um, and the same kind of height. But what's interesting is like you can have a genasi that is an elf that mated with a, a genie. So you can have... hold your breath indefinitely? Sorry. That's that's for one of them. I think that's the water genasi, right? Yeah, and so just, Oh, air. That's the air genasi. air genasi. Okay, so I think the water one can swim underwater indefinitely or stuff like that. Um, and so it's yeah, so there's a lot of cool different like types of things you can do with it, but also like so the humanoid characteristics. Whether you're if you're a half dwarf Genasi, then you're a little bit more stout, shorter, and like hardy looking, like a, a dwarf would. But the main thing is their their color, their skin color is a little different and will change depending on what type of Genasi they are as well. Um, but so how I thought this fit in nicely was that this idea of they are a little exotic themselves they are different they are from somewhere else as well as they then have this connection to this celestial being of some sort that saw them as hey you're interesting you're fun like i i want you to essentially be my eyes and ears into these large events that happen throughout time i want you to go to these places and like so they're they're essentially like the errand boy of this celestial being um and this is, again, where it's like, I think this character, you want to be playing it with a DM, that you have conversations about this, and you make sure, because I think what would be fun is a little bit of secrecy in this character, and a little bit of, like, they're just seen as this far traveler that's going all over the place, this kind of wanderer that goes to these places and never really reveals why they're there, um, but is maybe kind of documenting all of it and just keeping tabs on it. And I think through the background, what we'll want to figure out is, are they trying to get involved with it? Are they just recording it? Are they trying to sway it a certain way? Are they good? Are they bad? And so, yeah, so I think that's some of the things that uh, we'll want to figure out. So, yes. Okay. Yeah, are all of those things uh, player-related, or did you say some of them are DM-related? Well, that's where, again, I think the conversation you want to have with your DM as the player and the DM with the player is that, like, how does the player want to do it? Right, like I think the DM knows what the the celestial being wants, and the celestial beings want could be nothing. It could just be the like, oh, you know, they're kind of intrigued by these lower plane, planal, planar, yeah, lower planar beings, and it's it's kind of like watching Sims, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know control a Sims game. It's like, oh, what's going on in this? Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Look at them over there. It's like, oh, you've pissed me off. Get in the pool. Delete the ladder. Exactly. <laughs> so like <laughs> you, and, and so I think the DM will be in control of that, right? Where it's like the amount of information and, and sway they want the character to, character to have, the more they push that on them, the more they tell them. Um, but the player yourself, like, I think what we'll figure out is maybe this character is okay kind of just going with the flow. Um, or, like, if you want the character to be good, then, okay, you want to sway it through the good. If you want the character to be bad, then it's like, okay, well, then it's going to be a little more evil. But I okay. think once we get into the personality traits, the ideals, and the bonds and all that, we can figure that out as well as i'm <laughs> curious to figure out how um this genasi came to be oh the other thing i want to say is i want to attempt for this character as far as the overall character goes i want them to be a they them so not referred to as a he or a she just somebody that is a they them right it doesn't matter to them they they are Sweet. an individual that doesn't identify necessarily as male and or female so Sweet. I think that also plays into the genasi a little bit. Like they're 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 something that is just different. They are their own. They're an individual, and they are 
happy and proud and confident in what they are, and they're going all these places to just learn and and see all these crazy things happening. Sweet. Um, okay, so the first thing in the second tier that I would like to roll on, if you want to roll this actually, Nate. Um, so in Genasi, there are four different potential... Oh, sweet. I can figure out what element you can bend. Yes. Uh, different uh, types of Genasi. There is one, air Genasi, two, earth Genasi, three, fire, and the last one is water. So there are I'm excited f- about this. Four. So if you want to roll a d4, whichever one you roll, we will dive into. And I'm going to tell you what I like about it. Okay. Er, okay, so one, two, three. I rolled a one. So it's air. So you are an air Genasi, which is sweet. Because like I interrupted you with earlier, you can hold your breath indefinitely while you're not incapacitated. Yep. Do you yep. know how many bar deals, like bar games you could win? <laughs> You'll never pay for a meal. You'll convince every arrogant, yep. like, idiot that you can hold their breath. Yeah. Yeah. What I That's also, sweet. what I like is the, the mingle with the wind. You can cast the levitate spell once with this trait, requiring no... Oh, dude. So, levit- Just paint with all those colors, man. <laughs> So levitate doesn't mean you can fly, but it means you, I mean you can just go up off the ground. You still, it's like uh, it's like Willy Wonka. It's like uh, uh, Charlie in in the Willy Wonka movie, right? Where he takes the the potion where he's just going up. Like they're not flying, but they're floating. Yeah. So like yeah. you can you can just go up. You control your up and down movement, not side to side. So if you want to go in any direction, you have to push yourself. So this person can kind of float as well as hold their breath. Um, so the description of it is. Uh, as an air genasi, you are descended from the jinn. A as changeable as the weather, your mood shifts from calm to wild and violent, <laughs> with little warning. But these storms rarely last long. Air genasi's typically have light blue skin, hair, and eyes. Okay, so overall, kind of a blue-looking character. Uh, a faint but constant breeze. Oh, a faint but constant breeze accompanies them, tussling the hair and stirring the Oh my god, clothing. that's so fucking, like, dramatic. <laughs> it's so they're extra. Just a, they're, they're, they're just a Japanese RPG game. Their yeah. hair is just always... Yeah, it's so extra. I love it. Um, some air genasi speak with breathy voices, marked with a faint echo. Oh uh, my god, this person... <laughs> <laughs> uh, few display odd patterns uh, in their flesh or grow crystals. Uh, crystals from their scalps? What? Gross. Okay. All right. Interesting. So That's intense dandruff. <laughs> yes, it is. Head and shoulders can't help with that. Um, no. So, yeah. So, they are an air genasi. Very cool. Uh, all right. I'm just really excited for you to RP your echo because I'm going to make you do it. We'll work on it. We'll get there. I definitely more breathy. Hi, how, how, how are you? I sound less like you're orgasming. No. <laughs> orgasming. Um, echo. 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 Okay. So, uh, okay. So now we're going to get into the background of Far Traveler. Um, Sweet. The first thing for that is why you're here, and it's like the reason of it. But I think I, 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 we kind of have that already. I think they're going to be a wanderer. You know, kind of insane. Like, that's at least what they tell people, right? They're not an emissary. They're not coming from another place, like, as far as on a mission sent by, okay. like, a kingdom of some sort. They're not an exile from something. They're not a fugitive or a pilgrim or, I mean, maybe sightseer. But I don't think any of that really changes. The The main thing is, like, oh, why are they out walking around? Our reason is that they were sent by their celestial patron. That's like, hey, yeah. you know, be a part of a thing. So. Uh, but for characteristics, the personality trait is a D6 to roll on. Uh, I will roll this one. And let's see what I get. 
I got a four. So with a four, it's uh, I express I express affection or contempt in ways that are unfamiliar to others. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the, the what one... does that mean? Do you like grab someone's ass to say hello? Like I feel like you got to do something <laughs> real weird. Well, maybe less sexually invasive, but I mean, like, how? Like, yeah. that's interesting. It is, and and what I was gonna say is the, the other thing with with the this background is that it's it's supposed to be like you are you know the out like you're weird and some of the, or not weird but the things that other people find normal as like uh, part of tradition and stuff is seen as weird to you and they see some of your traditions as oh okay that's interesting that's different that's like I'm a little maybe you just like you say hello just by screaming. <laughs> We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out <laughs> as we're going through it. Let's see. Let's see what else. The next thing is ideal. So if you want to figure out what the ideal might be and where oh, the sweet the alignment, I will. That's a D six again. Another D six uh, coming right up, Pomi. Five. So I rolled inquisitive. Everything is new, but I have a thirst to learn. I like that. That's cool. It's a neutral, neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alignment. So and that kind of fits in with the 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 patron. And, and, yeah, you know, that's how the patron can manipulate them. Yeah, right. Like, maybe, or them. Maybe like this is part of why they're on this. You know, like why they were okay with this to begin with, because they just want to learn. They just want to find new things. They want to discover stuff. Like, I think since they themselves are something unlikely, like, I think even where they're from, being a Genasi is a little different, right? Not everyone mates sure. with genies, so like I think they're trying to. Constantly... They should though. I feel like that'd be. <laughs> Good time. I, I don't know. It's either going to be a great time or really like, oh my god, that was like not good. That was not fun for me. The 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 genie just did whatever. <laughs> it was just it's here. turned into so many different things. <laughs> I hit every kink in one session. <laughs> nothing like nothing will ever be like that again. Um, okay, so next is the bond. So I'm going to roll the bond. We're just going to keep powering through this, just like the genie would. Ah, <laughs> oh, I rolled a four again. Um, okay, so four under bond is my freedom is my most precious possession. I'll never let anyone take it from me again. Ooh, ooh, wow, that word again is doing a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of power in that word. In, in, um, okay. That's a, that's a tough one. It's going to be, uh, I well, think we're going to spend a lot of our time talking about that one. I see, yes and no, because I already, like, I, yes. Okay, well, we'll, we'll I'm excited about that one. Um, yeah, shut your face hole. <laughs> Roll the flaw. We got a few more left flaw. here in the middle. D6. Oh, six. Big whammy. Six. I have a weakness for the exotic beauty of the people of these lands. That's why he's up with a genie. If he's exotic. No, no, no. He's the he is the the offspring of someone that's left with a genie. So Oh, valid. So I think but but I think it, it, it speaks to that. It speaks to that they're like, yeah, I'm down like whatever. This is, Whatever lizard people. Yeah, this is come this, on, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it, they they like is to Benedict's going to be there. I think it's, <laughs> it's no, isn't it? Bander Bander Snack Combert What? Right, that's his name. Does he have Does he have a lizard name? <laughs> Did someone give Benedict Cumberbatch a lizard name? The whole the whole it? internet joke with him is that you never pronounce his name correctly. It just always has to oh. start with a B and start with a C. That is... I just do that with Taco Rafiki. <laughs> Taquito Watiti? Yeah, 
That's what I said. Nope. That's different. Uh, it's Taika. It's Taika with Hedy, actually. You fucked with oh. me. <laughs> don't you? I like Taco over Peaky. No. Don't you? <sighs> Centering myself. I'm not letting you get me worked up. <laughs> um, okay. So that is all of the, the characteristics with uh, the second tier for the background. Sweet. So now I think. F- you want to fire sale these stats? F- fire sale? Just get yeah, rid of all of them? Is yep. That, okay. Yeah, no, let's go through these. Um, I'll roll strength, and then you roll dex, and we'll just go down. Um, I want to get rid of the lowest number. Lowest? Yes. Because I want that not to be completely... Oh, did you roll? I did. You go. Okay. Oh, none of my dice fell. Oh, no. Dang oh, it. God. If only I had a dice tray. Oh, man. If only. Okay, I found it. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm going to roll this one again. Wow, I did well. Okay, so um, I rolled a six, a five, a four, and a three. So we're getting rid of the three, and that is a 15 strength. All right, I rolled a one, a three, a three, and a six. So getting rid of the one, that's a 12. 12, but this is for dex, correct? That's what we said? Yeah. The one thing is with Air Genasi, they get get plus plus one to that. So it's a 13 dex. Okay, all right, so we're rolling... Well, for this this individual so far, um, I am going to roll the Constitution. Uh, Jesus. I rolled a 6, a 5, a 5, and a 2. So, getting rid of the 2, it is a 16. All right. Intelligence. Intelligence. I want to say intellect. Intellect. (laughs) I'm playing playing well. Uh, I rolled a 2, a 2, a 3, and a 1. So, getting rid of the 1, a 7 intelligence. 7 intelligence. This person might not be able to read. Sweet. They might just be very like so. They're not book smart at all. That's what this means, and that's why they want to learn. Ooh, ooh. So they're aware of how. So that would mean their wisdom should be high then, if they're aware of how dumb they are. <laughs> yep. It, oh my god. I rolled a six, roll? a six, a five, and a four. Even if we were getting rid of the high number here, this would be crazy high. Um, so that is seventeen. 17 wisdom. Nice. For charisma, I rolled a 2, a 5, a 3, and a 1. Oh, 1 good. has been my lowest number every time. Okay. Um, so that makes it 10. He's 10. Demon. So he is oh, a... Is that right? Demon. Yeah, that's right. Is it? Yep, 5 plus 3 is 8, plus 2 is 10, correct? I, I wasn't doing math. I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, okay. So they're kind of not as broken as, as some of the other characters that we've that we've made. Um, like from an actual playing standpoint? Yeah. So, okay. I mean, is it... Ooh, the one thing, though, is for Warlocks, charisma is the most important thing, isn't it? Don't they, Correct. they cast with that? Is that? They cast with that. Their damage is based off that for Eldritch Rag. Um, <laughs> any special, like, Warlock ability that you get, odds are it adds your uh, charisma. charisma modifier to whatever it is. Interesting. Okay. So they're they're not necessarily broken in the way of, like... Oh wow, they're going to be able to do a bunch of like damage and shit and like whatever. I mean, their cons really high, so they're they're a hardy individual. Um, so yeah, okay. So let's start making decisions. Okay, let's do it. So, what are your thoughts? So when just looking at the stats to figure out what they kind of look like, I like the idea that maybe this is a dwarf genasi, like a mix of a dwarven, because they have a sixteen uh, constitution, which means it's rather high. So I think that means maybe this is a half dwarf, half genie mix um 
So I like that. There, there's something to, to, to start off with. So maybe this Genasi had, ooh, oh, yes, we're doing this. I want this to be a dwarf <laughs> Genasi that has a crystal beard. So they oh, can, sweet. Right? Like, so because they said they can have, like, crystal hair or whatever. So I want the facial hair to be, like, of a dwarf, but it's, like, it made out of crystals. Um, That's awesome. And I so, approve. So they're all light blue skinned. Their their normal hair is like a whiskey or whiskey wispy like light blue white. I mean, um, it could be whiskey. <laughs> it's just constant whiskey coming out of their head, um, and so that kind of blows around. But then their beard is yeah okay. So there's that, and then I'm imagining it says they can have markings, right? Yes, uh, yeah, a few so display odd patterns markings. in their flesh. Um, so maybe there's like darker blue markings like under their eyes that kind of like come down like like like. Uh, uh, not like bags? <laughs> no. Like I'm imagining, like um, are they really tired? <laughs> no, I'm imagining like a like a triangle, but it's like kind of more wavy, like under their eye, each of their eyes. Okay. Um, okay. So that's I don't know why triangle I... waves under eyes. Got it. Triangle waves under eyes. Yes. So that's uh, more of what they they kind of look like. So they're strong, hardy, but they're not that smart. So they didn't have fingernails, crystals. No, that's weird. And that's not, not that it's weird. It's just I, I what what I think makes the crystal beard cooler is if that's the one crystal thing, right? That's the one like having that be the one element. Like, oh wow, that stands out a little bit more. Um, okay. And so I'm just trying to think now for their background, right? So let's look. I express affection or contempt in ways that are unfamiliar to others. Uh, <laughs> inquisitive. Everything is new. Uh, but I have the thirst to learn. My freedom is yep. my most precious possession. I will never let anyone take it from me again. Um, so, okay. So what I was trying to think is, okay, what is their upbringing then? How were they raised? Um, and so with having a very low intelligence probably means they didn't get a normal schooling. Right? Yeah. Like they, they weren't like, oh, I'm going to go to university and be smart and blah, blah, blah. So good thing we didn't try and make this a wizard. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So to me, what that says is, do they know their their parentage? Like that's the next thing, right? Like I'm assuming the genie wasn't around, and uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't like raised by a normal mother and father. And I think this yeah. we can go into the bond, right? So my freedom is my most precious possession. I will never let anyone take it from me again. What I mean, what is your reaction to when it says freedom? What what is the first thing that comes comes to your mind? Well, obviously, fucking Braveheart and, you know, Mel Gibson. <laughs> That's not the first thing that comes to your mind. You are un-American. That's about, it's about being, it's about Scotland. The movie's about Scotland. Freedom! What does that have to do with America? It has literally nothing to do with America. It's just, it's like. I know. get it. No, I get it. But, like. So, secondly, my second thought when I hear the word freedom is so I, I the first thing that popped into my head when we read this bond um just a moment ago is that genies are kind they're kind of inherently bad creatures are they not they're deceptive they they're... don't give you exactly what you want you have to be really specific with them yes. so maybe to throw some trauma this to this character's way uh, maybe they were kidnapped by their genie parent oh that's interesting i i did not think that at all um that that is, hmm. I his parents kidnap their own kids all the time. Yes, yes, that is true. Um, I'm. I just kind of looked up now. 
the djinn um, that this is supposed to be uh, actually coming down from, that the parentage of an air elemental, you know, you're from a djinn. So okay. that's where I'm, I'm looking at what... So it says, uh, djinn were creatures born um, from elemental chaos, having aided the prim- primordial primordials in the over control of Faerun. Uh Most were imprisoned in common objects and scattered. So this is the classic rub a lamp genie comes out because um, they were imprisoned in things. Uh, okay. The few who were free sought to reclaim their power. They embody the chaotic force of violent storms while uh, possessing benevolent minds. Uh, only the noble djinn uh, possessed the power of the wish. Okay, so not everyone can get a wish. So it's Yes, it would be interesting to because how I was almost even kind of thinking about it is that the freedom could be oh tied to a lamp or they themselves were like put into something that they were trapped in and and my 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 thing was almost that like if they didn't know their parentage yeah. they were put in an orphanage and that's where they saw they were trapped to this building to this place and they hated it and they never wanted to stay in one place that long ever again so they want to constantly be on the move constantly going around but I think oh, I like your idea of. I'm trying to see, though. But I think one of the things we have to consider the strongest when we're trying to figure things out is that when it comes to being a warlock, your your patron is always there. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we have to try to figure out... I feel like when we're making these decisions, we have to keep in the back of our minds that at the end of the day, this patron is going to be guiding our character. Yes. And why is our character willing to let him let themselves be guided? So what, you know? yeah, what I was going to say to that to that extent is, this character's not intelligent. They're not very they're not book smart in the way. So yep. they, when they say freedom, I don't necessarily think it means like oh I'm enslaved and you know it's I'm being held against my will. And I think as far because I think what you're trying to get at is why do they listen to this patron right? Mm-hmm. If, if they want their freedom, why are they allowing this patron to tell them you know what to do? And that's where it's like yeah. I don't think they see it that way. I think they okay. see their. How do they see that? I think they see their patron as their freer, as the person that gave them the ability to leave. Like I think how they see their enslavement is more small-minded. <laughs> okay. More in the way of oh, I was trapped physically in this place. I was phys- like so my like because we have the background of far one or far traveler, they're now going to be traveling all over the place. So to them. Physically, they're free. They can go wherever. They can do whatever. I think. I True. Think what you're so the freedom, yeah. So the freedom that was taken from them is like you mentioned. Like they either spent their childhood in an orphanage, one small little building, uh-huh. or maybe their community they grew up in was really small, and they yeah. they want to have that sense of the greater world. Yeah. Or, or to your point, maybe, <laughs> maybe this gin got, maybe it's a female gin. Female gin got pregnant, got put back into the lamp, <laughs> gives birth in the lamp. Yeah, and it's like, well, you can wait it out, kid. It could be a couple hundred years till you see the outside. <laughs> yeah, and so like it could have been like it was trapped inside of this lamp for a very long time with okay. with this individual, um, with their parent or with whatever. And like, so it says they they are these jinn are usually in the elemental plane of of chaos, and so there's constantly, you know, just no real rule or like it's just. I don't want to be making things up too much <laughs> like, yeah. um, with as far as the background goes. Um, but yeah, like, so it says it's the elemental chaos. So with them being a neutral alignment, like I'm trying to think, okay, so if they're stuck in this lamp with their mother and they're then trying to decide, 
or or like what they want. I mean, yeah, once they get let out, because they're we're gonna make this up. They're not tied okay. to the lamp, right? The djinn is. So when they get let out, they can go. They don't get sucked back in when the genie goes back in. They oh. they themselves are like, yeah, no, I'm free. Thank you for opening the door. I'm a I'm a go. Yeah. <laughs> so this this celestial patron could have seen that as like, ooh, you're untainted by this world. You're just as new to this. You can be my eyes into this world as well because I I haven't actually been there or experienced it. So anything that's new to you will also be new. And so. I think that's maybe why they're taken by this idea, right? Like, are interested in this person that was raised up until a certain age inside of a, essentially a magic lamp. Okay. Um, so, so let's uh, let's make some decisions. Uh, we've thrown out a lot of options right yes. now, but have you decided anything that we've discussed? Have you made a decision on any of them? Yes, I've decided okay. this, this person was born inside of a of a, of a gin lamp. Okay. <laughs> um, and. So they they don't know who their father is. It was a dwarf that made a wish uh, with a with a djinn, and maybe the the parentage, maybe the the control it had over it was in a weird way, or maybe it was a consensual relationship. I don't think it's important. okay. Either way, they were born in the lamp, um, and then they're released. I'm gonna say they're older, so I want to say they're like in their fifties. 50 okay, so. okay. Like, so that's when they're released. <laughs> out that's some blast from the past, Brendan Fraser shit, right there. Yeah, and and then the thing is too uh, with Genasi, they they age like humans do, but they can live a little bit longer. I think it's like 120 years. Yes, said. they can live to yeah. 120. So, granted, yes, they're 50, but their life is just it's still like they haven't reached their midlife crisis yet. Maybe Not going yet. out into the world, that's when they start to experience it. And yeah, and so. I think the lamp was probably in like some far off or you know what that's even it that's where they're from they're a far traveler but they're not from all that far away they're from just inside the lamp that was stuck yes. in in this place uh and that when they then get released they're like oh yeah this is a whole new world what the fuck <laughs> um yeah dude have you so have you seen blast from the past yes yes i have okay yeah, 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 yeah. this is great that's what i'm envisioning <laughs> um yeah, and so when they get released out into the world, um, I'm trying to think what the the like the patron sees and like. So they're seeing them as their eyes into this world, right? And so they they start letting them know that there's these these events that are happening, right? Let me see. What are the other? I express <laughs> I express affection and contempt in ways unfamiliar to others. Yet no shit. <laughs> This yeah. person was stuck inside a lamp for 50 years and has never interacted with other people. <laughs> so, like, I think they're overtly affectionate. And, like, right, okay. because they've only had the experience with the their mother in, inside of this lamp. And so it's almost kind of Bates Motel-ish. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> in a way where it's just, like, oh, just kind of uncomfortable and, like, very, like, probably touchy and, like, just doesn't understand physical boundaries. Yeah. Um, Sees metal armor and wants to touch it. Like, yeah. Ooh, what is this? Ooh, what is that? What does that feel like? And um, I think, I think the the patron maybe came to, came to this. Per- maybe the patron helped get them out. I think the patron has control over over like large events and can push people right. And 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 then just kind of and like, so I think they're a chaotic patron. I think this patron from the celestial plane found this person and. Their their ability and what they do to our character is they push 
kind of like the breeze does or like wind does, right? It, it, it can't necessarily make something go exactly where it wants, but it can shove it in that general direction. And so yeah. it, it made this individual, you know, make this bond with it and promise to go out into the world and, and be another force of its influence before it released it, before it pushed someone in its direction, direction of the lamp to free it. And so once they get freed, they, they owe their gratitude and their freedom to this celestial being because the celestial being said, Hey, you know, you're not actually, while you are trapped here, you're not tied to this lamp. So if I can get you out, would you then go forth for me and push onto the world my influence, this influence of chaos, this influence of just making sure that neither good nor evil has an upper hand, make sure mm-hmm. that whatever needs to be brought down a peg does. And I'll put you in the right place and I'll put you in, in, in the position that you need to be, but then it's up to you to actually go through with this and, and, okay. and influence this in a more chaotic way. Um, and so once, I mean, think about it for 50 years, you're stuck inside this lamp and then someone promises you that you're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. This is all the world I've known. There's nothing. And then all of a sudden they promise you that. And then it happens. It's like, Oh shit. <laughs> this, this, this being that came to me is powerful. And like, I, I now serve them and I owe them my freedom. So like, okay. I think that ties into that. Does that make sense? Or what yep. do you think of that? I like that. Um, I, I feel like you kind of touched on this a little bit, but my idea is that maybe this patron um, just kind of uses people up until they's like, until they've reached their total, gotten their total use out of them. Mm-hmm. So the thing that popped into my head, like a counter that I have to what you said, is like maybe that this patron brought someone to their lamp, mm-hmm. had them rub it or whatever, and then that was like the end of the line for that person. So when our character comes out, there's a dead body on the ground. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Is like <laughs> potentially it, it does have some ominous underlying tones that, again, our our character they would not be familiar to, right? They would not be aware that, like, oh, okay, I I, I once I'm used up, <laughs> like I don't, that's it, like I'm 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 dead. Like maybe they start to catch on to that, and that's where again now as the player when you're talking with your DM about it, you won't necessarily know if that's their end goal, but if they start to drop hints and that's what starts happening, like then you need potentially, because that's always the interesting too about warlocks is that your relationship with your patron is one that constantly is changing and evolving and adapting. Mm -hmm. And so maybe if you start influencing stuff or not influencing stuff in the way they want you to, it starts to get a little dangerous and a little hairy with what they're, trying to tell you to do and yeah. so, so again though with the celestial thing is it is a little bit more healing based <laughs> so I, I think there's a way to still be able to play it like you can still do damage and you still will have access to uh, uh damage spells but with their charisma being so low it kind of almost makes sense that the healing is a little bit more of, yeah. the, of the way they're gonna and go i also i also feel like that this this uh this relationship that you can have with this specific patron it's going to be like Munchausen syndrome where it's like, I make you hurt so that you need me to make you feel better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, 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 and so like he, uh, they, they, they really try. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, so that could, that could even be the motivation for like you healing your, 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 uh, your party members. It's like, 
makes you feel important. It makes you feel good. So maybe you and your patron almost like it when someone's being damaged. Like, oh, sweet, now I can heal them. And it's like they need me now. Like I'm not gonna, yeah, yeah. Well, you know it, what I'm saying? But it, so it, so it's yes. So it's it's that sense of being wanted, and 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 of being needed. They need to be needed, and so that's why they're put into these these elements of chaos. Because in the middle of all of the chaos, there is always damage. There's always someone that is hurt. Whether they're mm-hmm. good or bad doesn't freaking matter. But they're they need restoration. They yeah. need to be fixed. And the Patreon plays the Patreon plays into that by being like, um, like just just reaffirming them. Like I know, like let's let's just say for example, they take you to somewhere where something terrible happens. Like I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to see what you want me to see anymore. Like, but I need you. Yeah. Like I can't see this without yeah, yeah, yeah. you. Don't you want to help me? Like and there's like play into that. This character is going to be like just do some research <laughs> on like Stockholm syndrome and like Munchausen syndrome, like all these terrible, <laughs> terrible things that like people use yeah. to manipulate like captors and stuff like that. And I feel like that's how you can then what I build this relationship with your patron. The arc we're kind of building for this character is that they then slowly realize that sure they got out of the lamp, but they've just replaced one container with another. prison with another yeah and yeah. so i think that's the long-term kind of arc you get to and i don't know where you want to take this character then after that but yeah and and i mean maybe when they get freed maybe they start to miss the lamp or they miss their their mother <laughs> and like they, they they want to go back and 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 find her or like something because right because if if like do you ever see the movie uh uh is it room with uh uh the Oscar went. Either way, like the kid was born in captivity, and then once he gets out, everything is new and magic, and just like he doesn't understand anything that's happening. And so, like if this this person they've been trapped for fifty years, they're just going to leave that area. They're not going to understand that they were inside of that lamp. Exactly. <laughs> and so, like the fact that they don't have it on them makes sense. So, if they at some point want to find it again, sure, that could be a thing. Um, and let me see, is there anything that we didn't hit on? Personality trait: I express affection and contempt in ways that are unfamiliar. Um, yeah, yep. I think that fits in also with the air genasi thing, right? That they have mood swings and they're constantly back and forth. Inquisitive, uh, everything is new. Yep, and and I have a thirst to learn, so they're constantly trying to just intake as much as they can from the world yep. around them. Which also is to your point with the the celestial patron. They want them to absorb all of this, and the other person that they you know were doing it through before got bored. They're like, I've, I've mm-hmm. figured everything out. I don't want to travel anymore. I'm old. This is whatever. Like I'm done with all of this. And so when they then in their otherworldly, other magic way, found this individual. It's like, ooh, you're a clean sponge. <laughs> you have yeah. nothing. You've not been exposed to this world at all. Okay, I'm going to bring you out into this, and then I own you. And now you absorb mm-hmm. everything. Go to these places of chaos and these, where these large events are happening and just be a part of it. And, and like, just keep the chaos going because it's yeah. so much fun. Like, it's to your point with the, the Sims thing, right, where I brought it up. You're like, yeah, well, we delete the ladder from the pool. Yep. <laughs> constantly be just removing ladders from pools and make sure that chaos <laughs> is constantly happening. Um, and they don't know any better. They don't know what rules or laws or good or evil. They're just chaos. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. And then freedom. Yeah, we went over that. Weakness. Uh, exotic beauty of the other these other worlds. Yeah, it's Brendan Fraser from the, the thing where he comes out and people are just talking to him about, like, 
different sexualities and these different things. Yep. And he's just like, oh, wow, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's great. Like, it's an innocence. It's almost this innocence of when he's exposed to things. It's like when Alicia Silverstone's like, he's a dickhead, a walking penis capable of intelligent speech. A dickhead. And then he faints. The guy's had this image. And it's like, so he saw what she just described. <laughs> yes. And so, like, he, they have this, like, level of, like, innocence about them. That they're just everything that happens to them. It's it, it it's all stri- striking to them, and they're they're constantly trying to understand it, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that that has comedic elements to it that I think would be fun. Um, or when Alicia Silverstone introduces her brother and is like, he's really gay, and yeah. he looks at him and goes, "Good for good you." For you. Yep. <laughs> because again, <laughs> he thinks that just means happy. Doesn't understand that that is their yeah. sexual orientation. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I wonder if that movie translates to this day and age. But oh, that's a different topic of conversation. I've heard people still talk about it, and I mean, Brendan Fraser still overall loved, despite the fact that he doesn't act as much anymore. Um, but okay, so I think that's – I mean, as far as allies and organizations go, they're kind of a mama's boy or mama's person, right? I mean, that th- that's the yeah, only they, connection. they need to be dependent on someone. Y- yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's what this patron's doing, right? They they offered him that new, that new coddling. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, the only other thing I would say is probably the name. And I think for Genasi, the thing they said is that their names are usually just from where they're raised. Lamp. <laughs> are you just looking at things in the room and, and, and saying them out now? No. So they were raised, right? Yeah, I know. Cloud. But, yeah, I'm just, ooh, I like cloud. <laughs> um, no, I was just trying to make a, an Anchorman joke that I knew you wouldn't get. Um, it's a the worst. I'm not. It's the best movie. It's not. It's a lie. You're you're a lie. Um, okay, so I think they're going to be Wisp. Wisp. Is their name just Wisp? Okay. Like a, like a br- uh, mm. Casper. Mm. Whisper. Maybe it's Whisper. No, I mean, Whisper does kind of sound like a name if you really think about it. Okay, then their <laughs> then their name is Whisper. Dope. <laughs> so this is the the. Dwarven Genasi warlock named Whisper. Maybe his name's Whisper because the djinn constantly screamed at him for not using his inside voice. It's like, <laughs> Whisper! So it associated Ooh. that with his name. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're a very loud individual or whatever. And so it's like, yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh, it's so dark. That makes me feel so bad. <laughs> I don't this, know why. This character, yeah. they, they are a, a not necessarily that happy. I mean, granted, you're not going to come across many player characters that are happy. I think characters. they're going to be blissfully, blissfully happy, though. Wait, no, yes. books. I always mix up book smart and wisdom, but whatever. Well, they're going to have an, an uh, they're going to have a lightness about them, no matter what. Yes. I feel like, and I think the wisdom just kind of speaks to that they're able to pick up. Maybe they they can read social cues, or not social cues, but body language a little bit better, right? As someone that hasn't been exposed to it their whole lives, when someone does something that is a subtle little thing that's different. To normal people, it's just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's just daily interaction. But to them, they're going to see it and be like, that's... Yeah, like, why'd you do that? Yeah, that's... You're, you're uncomfortable. Why are you uncomfortable? Yeah. Like, the, the, you're... You, you, sir, are looking left a lot. What are you, what's over there? <laughs> yeah, right? And they're just going to... Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So I'm just trying to think then now when they come to the CD Tavern, what they're... I mean, I guess they're just exploring. They're just yeah. walking around. They don't really... Because maybe maybe they were just told by their patron for right now... This is where you you find find out as much as you can about this city. Get comfortable here. I'll, I'll tell you where I need you to go. And it could be something like, again, 
I think it's up to the DM and the player. Like, how big do you want this to be? Is it like, oh, I need you to go to this this city because there's about to be a giant war here that breaks out? It's like, or could it be a person's going to be stabbed in this alley? And granted, you don't have to tell them that someone's going to be stabbed there. Just the DM's like, you're drawn to this alley. Stand in this alley. Wait here. And it's just yeah. like, oh, okay. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the alley. What a hello. <laughs> and then they're there and then the act happens in front of them. Right. So I think that's the more fun. And where I talked about the trust originally from the DM and player is as the player, trust the DM. And as the DM, don't completely fuck over the player, but also give them yeah. enough things to have fun with and do things and be cryptic and kind of leave breadcrumbs. And I think it could be really fun. All right. So, yeah. So let me, since this is this, since you brought this character to the table, let me summarize everything we just went over. And yeah. if I misspeak, cut me off and let me know, and we'll correct it. Oh, I'll so, cut you right off. So this is what we. What's that supposed to mean? I don't. I have a knife. I'll put the knife. I'm supposed away. to be turned on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the knife away. Did you ever see the, the meme of the bunny? It's got the knife, the little cartoon. And they're like, oh no. No. It's a thing. No. People know what I'm talking about. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Look it up. It's a meme. Anyway, <laughs> next. Um. I forgot everything. Start over. New podcast. <laughs> your, your ignorance erased my memory. <laughs> We're throwing all of this in the garbage. None of yeah. this is usable. <laughs> okay, so we have a Janasi that is a far traveler. Where have they come from? I'll tell you. Not actually anywhere somewhere far, just somewhere different. They came from the inside of a gin lamp. They spent about 50-some-odd years there. They're about they're in their 50s. Um, how did they get out of this gin, this uh, gin lamp, you ask? Well, a celestial patron brought someone else there um, who rubbed said lamp or did whatever they need to do to release the genie and her child and um, then got killed by the patron. But then the celestial was like, hey, ignore that dead body right there. Follow me this way. Um, and uh, this, this um, whisper is the name of this character is now following the guidance of the Celestial Patron. Um, and it's all under the premise of needing something to depend on because they've never been alone in the world. And it's also, the Patron's also feeding into the excitement that Whisper has to learn. Um, so, is my, am I correct so far? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. What else did I write down here? Um Due to their personality trait that we rolled on, they are going to be overly affectionate to people. Um, they're going to be excited by the look of other people because um, they express affection or contemption and contempt in ways that are unfamiliar to others. Um, so they're going to be like touching people's armor. What's this feel like? What's this look like? Let me like rub mm -hmm. your face and say hello. You know, it's going to be very kind of um, like a small dog every time they meet someone. I would imagine sniffing butts, sniffing butts. Um, <laughs> Uh, the ideal, like we said, is everything is new. I have a thirst to learn, which the patron's playing into to guide them forward. Um, the freedom is the most precious, precious possession to me. And mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. we decided that the freedom is just being stuck in one place. So as long as this person is never stuck in one spot, they are okay. Yep. They never want to spend 50 years in a lamp again. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, the flaw is pretty straightforward. I have a weakness for the exotic be exotic beauty of the people of these lands. That's just the excitement that p plays into the personality trait. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, I, th I think that's everything, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I was trying to just the little bit of what I was also looking into was like what the inside of this lamp might have looked like. And what I'm, what I'm landing on is that 
it was like a pocket dimension that was made to look like uh, the 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 airplane, uh, the airplane, <laughs> that's the <laughs> elemental plane of air, uh, um, which is kind of just it's it's free floating pieces of like earth that are then like okay. with, with stuff created on them. So it's like I think it's just like a floating rock that has like some sort of establishment built on it that this gin slowly, you know, through their different powers, built a, a livable place for them to be, but it was, like, very small and this just, like, floating plane, okay. uh, a plane of existence. So, so yeah. Sweet. That's what I was just kind and, of... Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, um, the character's appearance is they have a crystal beard, which is sweet. How big do you think that beard is? Um, They're a dwarf, so, I mean, it could easily get to, like, belly button length. I don't know if it's that long yet because the thing too is like i guess dwarven lifespans are a little bit longer and a 50 year old dwarf isn't that old so i'm like and and i don't think it's full i think it's just just to like their shoulders it's like a good length but it's not like crazy long like it would get in the way okay so crystal beard not too long um it's got they've got wispy white hair that's constantly flowing in the wind like a final fantasy game because that's how these uh yes characters just are with their air genasi um, darker blue markings under their eyes that we described as a triangle wave, which makes no sense to me, but, you know, Jake's got an image in his mind, so. It's like a snake. It comes to a point. It's thicker at the top and then comes down to a point, but it's kind of slithery like a snake. Sweet. You don't, you, you can't see it. You're not imagining. <laughs> you, uh, it's fine. It's fine. People know what I mean. You're the crazy one here. Not me. Not me. Fine. <laughs> yes. So this, that, is there anything else that you wrote down for Whisper? No, I think that's it, man. Yeah, wow, that was a lot. Okay, so, yes. So, to this extent, what I would say is then for Whisper, when they come into the bar, they're just kind of exploring and out, look, looking around, and, like, they, they found, like, a bunch of people in here, and I think they don't really have a place to stay. So there is, you know, the rooms here. I don't know if they're really, they don't understand how that works. <laughs> Or, or or any of that. So I mean, kind of naive character that is just, yeah, just kind of here, just going wherever the breeze takes them. <laughs> That's okay. So, okay. As far as whatever you would like for me to have Whisper be doing, or like actions put in front of them. Sure. Okay. Let's go. So we find ourselves once again at the CD Tavern. It's uh, about the same as it was before, except this time there is no access to the bedrooms upstairs since there is a hole at the very base of the stairs that has yet to be repaired. Um, there is some like postings around it, some caution tape to make sure no one falls in. They don't want any liability, no lawsuits to occur. So there's signage all over the place, right by the foot of the stairs. But because of that, no one can get upstairs. Um, so the bar has, to be honest, it's been kind of slower the past two days while they wait for someone that can come out to fix that. Um, it's been about two days and, uh, no one's drinking there cause no one's staying there except for one person sitting right by the entrance is a dwarf Janasi that has a crystal, crystal beard, wispy white hair that is constantly flowing, even though there's no draft in here with dark blue markings under their eyes. He's been there. For about a day and a half, maybe two days, um, it's gotten to the point now where they have stopped trying to convince him to leave when they lock up. He doesn't seem to be doing anything. Nothing has gone missing. Um, he's just, they're just there. Um, so, like I said, 
slow bar, not much going on. Bartender's board decides to try to figure out what's going on with this character that's posted up by the entrance and uh, walks on over and says, uh, you, uh, do you need anything? Oh, no, I am, I'm quite fine. You've, uh, I haven't seen you take a sip of nothing or eat nothing since you, you know, planted yourself here. Do you, you sure you don't need nothing? Planted myself? Yeah, I mean, you, mean? I mean, you might as well start growing roots the way you're on moving. You just, hmm. you're gonna. Oh, I am like a tree. I get uh, it. Yeah, huh, like, yep, that's what I said. You've been here for a while. Yes. I'm waiting. Uh, what are you waiting for? That's a good question. Are you waiting for the rooms to open back up? Because, uh, I mean, we were promised that these be fixed up uh, lickety-split, but we ain't seen no one around here to come fix them any time. We don't know how long it's going to be. There are other rooms than this one? Yeah, there's bedrooms upstairs. We typically, uh, kind of like a bed and breakfast. You know, people stay here and have a drink and a meal before they head on off to the wherever they's be going. Is the breakfast tied to the beds? I mean, some people take it upstairs and eat it in their bed, but most people, just once they leave their room for, in the morning, they eat down here at these tables we got set up, as you can see. Oh. Huh. That is so convenient, isn't it? Are there yep. many, many places that that do that here? Uh, I mean, we're we're the only one. This is if you, if you come to this town, this and you want to stay here and have a door to close and a soft bed to sleep on. Uh, the seedy tavern is where you come. Huh. quite unique than you are. I mean, just to this town every town's got one or else no one will come and you'll get no just economy there, won't be stimulated there are more how many more towns are there how many towns are there yeah yes that's a real question I, well i've only ever walked around here and there's a lot it is very overwhelming see all of it just expanding this is the only place you've ever been you look like you got some age on you i've been here and outside as well as an antique shop as then there was a place full of many books i walked through and i saw a man that was next to this very bright fire and was seemed angry with the piece of metal it was making lots of noise. It was very warm. I've been to those places. Those all sound like places that are here in this town, though. Yes. So you've never left this here town? I don't know who you are. Were you born here? Oh, well, no, I'm from... Well, my name's Whisper. What's your name? And I, oh, and I just wanted to feel his face. Uh, whisper seems like a little, you know, hitting the nail on the head, but, uh, you know, I guess if that's your name. 
Your face is so different than mine. It's so smooth and soft. Uh, yep. I, you know, can't really grow any facial hair. It's embarrassing to try, so I gotta shave it up myself. Ah. Got. Well, this town... I will leave, eventually. But for now, I'm waiting. Right here. At the seedy tavern. Right? Right, that's this place, yes? That's what... Uh, yes, this is what we call the seedy tavern. Good. Good, very good. This... This is where I was supposed to be, and so this is where I am. All right. Um, that sounds, that makes no sense to me, but, uh... Well, where, where, where are you told to go? Where are you pulled to? This is my job. This is why I'm here. You know, pays pretty decent, and I can provide for my family. I'm not, like, this is, I'm oh, here by you choice. Have family? That's nice. Yeah, I'm not. You're listen. I'm not going to talk about my family with you. Uh, do you act? Do you need? Are you thirsty? Do you need anything? Can I get anything for you? Oh, you are mad with me. Why are you mad with me? That is, I apologize. If you, if it will make you more happy to give me something, then yes. Are you going to pay for it? Do you have any concept of money? I have crystals. Listen, if you need anything, just stick your hand up in the air or something, and I'll come over. Like so this. I, Yes, just like that, and I leave without even seeing what you did. <laughs> and um, so I leave, and I go back to behind the bar, and I'm just doing busy work. I'm cleaning. I keep cl- shooting eyes at you, trying to figure out what the hell's going on, keeping a close eye on you. Um, at this time, shortly after that, this group of people come in, and they're regulars. Um, I know who they are. They've been through a couple times before, um, adventuring crew, and... Um, you know, I do some banter with them. They get some food, get some drinks. They're having a good time, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, there's there's a side conversation with the bartender in this group. They ask me who you are. Uh, like, who's that person with the crystal beer? They've never seen anything like that before. Um, I don't know who they are. Um, but bringing them back up makes me mad. I don't know who you are. I don't know how long you've been here. You're just loitering. Um, so when the, when the adventuring group seems like they're, you know... Uh, They've paid, they're finishing their drinks, they're going to leave soon. I go back over to you and I'm like, listen, um, I know we don't got a sign or nothing that says this, but you can't just loiter here. It makes people uncomfortable. Is that what I'm doing? What yes, is you're loitering. How can I not loiter? You can, by not just being somewhere, doing nothing. You, you, you oh. go somewhere, you have to do something while you're there. Oh, all right, then I, well, I'll do this. And I, he just gets up and starts, like, dancing. Just no, no that's also a form of loitering because you, you're not doing no, nothing. No, I'm, I'm. I look at look at my feet. They're doing something. I'm doing Sit, this. You're not doing anything. I'm doing this. You're not buying nothing. I'll take... to, so I've got some empty drinks, empty mugs in my hands mm-hmm. that I was cleaning up when I walked by you, and I, I set them down now. And like I've got my, I'm leaning on the table, both my hands are on the table. I'm like, sit back down, quit dancing. You're right by the entrance. No you one's going to come in. You told me I. I must do something. You must spend money. You must stimulate. You must do something to the purpose of where you what? are. You're inside a bar that serves food and drink, and you've had none. So therefore, you are loitering in here. Anything else outside of drinking food or eating is not con- constructive to this area. So you would like me to help stimulate you? Is what you said? Stimulate this bar and this economy that's in the shitter. I would. Well, what is your your finest delicacy then? I will try it. You're gonna try it. If if that will help calm you down, 
this yeah. anger. But can you pay for it? I have some. What What is it that you want? And I pull out from my pockets. There's a few gold coins as well as different like lent and like there's a few crystals that look like they match the ones from his beard as well as just like some little rings and trinkets and just like little things that would be like in random person's pocket. Now that's more like it. Do you want this? I How do. Much? Huh. Two two of those gold pieces right there. Alright. Here you are. I'll be right back. So I go and I get you uh, our shittiest drink with the two gold you gave me. Um, and I come and I bring it back on over to you. Um, and I set it down in front of you and I go, here, you actually going to drink this? What is it? It's a drink. I, Yes, but I want to know so that I can make note of, of it. And it's a mead. Mead. Very nice. I will... I will partake. Thank you. And I start to drink it. What do you do? What do you think? It has quite the, the after, the afterwards of it. I can still, it's not in my mouth anymore, but it's, it's still strong in, in flavor. I've never, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I, I need to sit back down. Mm-hmm. So, um, can I take control of your character for a moment? Sure. So as you go to sit back down, you since you've never drank before, this yeah. mead hits you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And you, you, you already feel it. You go to sit back down, and you put a little too much weight on the edge of the table, which causes you to stumble, and some of the old cups that I'd set on your table and forgot to grab fall onto the ground. But you go, hey, what are you making all this mess for? What the hell are you doing? Oh, I... <laughs> I'm just quite dizzy. I, I apologize. <laughs> As you're apologizing to me, the adventuring group goes to get up and leave, and the main guy leading the way trips on one of those empty cups and falls flat on the ground right in front of the door. Oh, hey, are you okay? And then as... He falls and hits the ground. Moments later, a loose horse and buggy fly across the front of the seedy tavern, kicking up all this dust. People are chasing the horses. There's chaos out on the streets. And um, the guy who fell looks up, looks at you, looks up at the bartender, and goes, I could have gotten hit by that buggy. Uh, Oh, well... I guess it's good you, that you didn't. You saved me. I I did nothing. What is I was just here. Who are what is your name? I'm Whisper. Oh Whisper? My name's uh Ted. Oh. That is such an exotic name, Ted. It's nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Uh you Would you like to try some of this mead? It is quite quite dizzying. I've already had enough of my mead, but hey, if, uh, I'll see you around, all right? I'm going to come talk to you later on. You, do you plan on being here? Until I'm told to be somewhere else. Well, this is me telling you not to go anywhere. My group and I, were going to get some supplies before we leave town, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk to you. Thank you. I, 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 I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I did. I could have died. What is it that you're wearing? I want to go up and just start feeling his armor. Listen, I can answer all your questions later, but uh, like I said, we'll be back. And thank oh, you, right. genuinely, right. for saving me. 
I, you're welcome. You have some dust on your face. <laughs> All right. Brushes the dust off his face. So they, the adventuring group leaves. And um, then in that moment, uh, you hear a whisper in your mind. And oh. you hear the, a voice go, whisper. You've done a good job. You saved that man. I did. He's going to come I... back for you. And you're going to oh. join him and his crew. And then I'll tell you your next steps when it is appropriate to do so. All right. Until then, go with that group when they ask you. They're oh, essential. They're essential to the things I need to teach you. To the things you need to learn. Well, I've been learning so much. I've already had some of this fine, fine mead that they have here, and it's 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 quite overwhelming. Are you able to to taste it through me? Who the hell are you talking to? I'm talking to my savior. Are you one of those religious types? The bartender chimes in. I don't. What? What is religion? What do Listen, you mean? just enjoy your mead. Take it slow. I'll be back to clean up this mess. If you need anything else, let me know. Oh, all right. And the bartender leaves. Takes another sip of the mead, gets more dizzy, and then decides to get up on top of one of the tables and continue their dance. <laughs> and just is going to town up on the, and like the air and that is blowing around them. It makes their, their, their clothing and like their, their light, like uh, uh wardrobe that is on them. That is like, they have like a vest and, and like light blue, gray, like cloth clothing. It looks like it's ha- homemade. It just starts floating up all around them as they're just doing like some sort of little jig up on top of the table. <laughs> and the bartender sees this from across the room, rolls his eyes and goes, not the strangest thing that's happened here. Oh, happy day. And scene. <laughs> that got weird. Just a little bit. I like that. That was fun. <laughs> it was. That was a good time. Um I was just trying to I was just trying to figure out why so, so I was trying to think of this all as like a you know, this is gonna be going to become a campaign. So like why would this creature or this character join a group? And um, why would the patron bring this character to this bar? So I was, that was my very my simple yeah. way of tying all those knots together. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I liked it. Oh, sorry, got dice are in front of me. I'm going to play with them. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I liked that, and I kind of liked the 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 whole idea of um, like divine intervention in in some sort of way, right? Because that's kind of what this this is. It's celestial intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, whatever that means, you know, to the DM could be anything, right? It could be that, oh, something they do causes, like the butterfly effect type yeah. way. This causes that, causes that, causes that. And, oh, excuse me. I think what you can do in a campaign then with that is if the DM has this, you know, elaborate plan. Okay, you're a part of it. And the crazy little thing you do, boom, 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 dominoes. And like, there you go. Well, you did this. And so, <laughs> and to that point... Um, it, 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 you, you know, saving that person's life or something like that. And it could be a, a small little thing. It could be a bigger thing. And just, yeah, just let it be weird. <laughs> yes. Um, because I think that's the thing is like, there's always going to be just a little sense of this was off. This was, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I was trying, the one thing I was trying to do is again, it, it seems like if I could redo it a little bit as the character, the one thing I would say is maybe having a little bit more, 
um, um, um what's the right word? Uh, like had Curi- the emotion. What? I was going to say curiosity, and I'm disgusted. Not, but... not necessarily curious. No, like the the emotions. I want the emotions to be more not necessarily unbalanced, but kind of like like just going back and forth a lot because it seems yeah. like with the affection or contempt in ways that are unfamiliar. So that there's a lot of the affection coming across, but none of the contempt. And like with the air genasi, it said, you know, their emotions will change, you know, like the breeze or like a wind would, they, they kind of come and go with that. So like, I didn't really get to, into that. I was trying to do it with like you getting angry at me would cause then me to maybe be uncomfortable. Like you, like maybe they're influenced by the emotions around them. Right. Like, so if everyone yeah. around them is getting hostile and angry, they themselves are becoming hostile and angry because they're influenced by what's happening around them. And then it's just like, so I was, I was trying to get to a point where I could be weird with how my contempt was coming across, but I just, it didn't, it didn't fully happen. It wasn't needed. In the yeah. scene. I didn't want to force like, Oh now I'm angry. It's like, Oh, that, that's just no. weird. That's even. Yeah. yeah and for our, for our yeah. purposes, we're just improving, right? Like we're just taking something we just created with, with, I mean, we put thought into it, but yeah. we don't think about every little scenario. If you were to decide to take this character and bring them into a campaign, I think it would be worthwhile for you to sit down and be like, okay, what's the weird and awkward yeah. thing this character's going to do when they get mad? What's this weird and awkward yeah. thing this character's going to do when they get sad? And just like pick all of the emotions and attach that to some sort of action that ties into mm-hmm. the what personality yeah. trait it was. Yeah, and and I yeah, think so. uh, the other thing I was trying to figure out, I was like, I feel like their voice will change with it, right? Like it's always going to be kind of airy in that like, oh, it's kind of like, whatever but like there's there's like i don't know it's gonna sound dumb but like you've heard angry wind before right? it's like oh wow it is whistling outside oh it is really yeah. don't like and so it's like i think <laughs> it's it's not an easy task and i'm not i'm not saying you need to do it to play this character right or that you even need to do a voice with it but just like that would be a fun task or a fun challenge to kind of have um with that and i mean For i sure. had fun even just being the super just <laughs> like just whatever it's just a little weird and not, like off-putting and like for me the whole time i kept thinking the the weird like dichotomy of the way this person looks and the way they sound right because they're <laughs> like because yes. they're a little hearty <laughs> blue crystal bearded like individual or it's like that just that looks weird and then all of a sudden they're talking like that okay all right <laughs> like that's i was not yeah. expecting that type of and then maybe when they get mad maybe it becomes very booming and big like genie like type you know like who knows like whatever you want to do with it but like if it becomes more of like this big gust of wind then or something um yes yeah, i don't know that, that that could be a fun role-playing dynamic of it if you really want to get into the weeds of it um but yeah no i mean i think this individual i mean I tried to not play them as stupid or like completely like unintelligent, but like aware of the things they don't know, and so questioning it and asking about it. Um, and yeah. that's where it's like again in a group that can get annoying to an extent. I think if you if you can get the comedic timing right, right, where it's like, oh, this would be funny if I don't know anything about this. Please explain this to me. Um, that that could be fun, mm-hmm. um, but I don't, I don't think you need to do it the whole time, right? Like like it, it could be. No. It could be interesting. Um, the other thing, too, is with an intelligence of seven and being raised in a lamp, I wouldn't be opposed to this person not being able to read or write or understand language in, in, in that normal kind of way. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I agree. But, yeah, no. I think that was fun. Um, well, all right. character. And, yeah. 
No, what I what I would say now is moving forward. This is probably the character I'm most excited to potentially see art for, especially with the with the the beard. Yeah, that'd be um, sweet. <laughs> and just the wispiness of of the overall aesthetic of this character. Um, but yeah, so now we're in the outro. Now we're done. We finished it up. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, and if you have any strong or middling or just weak opinions on this, we'll take all of them. Please uh, feel free to reach out. Let us know what you think we did wrong, what you think maybe we did right. You know, we don't get we don't get that as much. There's not as much positive reinforcement of, wow, you guys, you guys nailed this. This was perfect. <laughs> Th- we'll take that too. But like, whatever. Yes. Any kind of... <laughs> I mean, we yes, already we know, need, but we, we want to be hear put it. back on us. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so definitely reach out to us with your opinions, um, as well as if you guys want to use this character, and then something happens that you think is completely crazy. Like we had those stories that we told about our characters in the very beginning. We will read through those, and those would be extremely entertaining uh, to us. I wouldn't even be opposed if there's something yes. that you guys take and put into play and actually happens just reading it out on here <laughs> right and just being like oh my god someone took this character and this is yeah, what happened. And like this is crazy awesome um and then yeah also the art for these characters like i said feel free to draw them up while you're you know listening to the next episode or while we're describing it here if you want like to practice we will share it it is one guaranteed retweet and like for sure from us as well as our individual accounts so yeah. actually that's three that's three likes coming at you. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then we'll be back here uh, next week. And so if you have any suggestions for types of characters, like I said, this is something that I've been sitting on for a while since I heard that uh, LeVar Burton Reads episode. Um, and, yeah, so if you have something that has come up in some other, you know, way that you were like, that would be a cool Dungeons & Dragons character, send it over to us. And so, uh, yeah, that would be... Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. How do they do that? Um, yeah, the best way to get a hold of us is uh, is we have a Gmail that is rngpcpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and then all of our social media, which is probably better for the art, as well as uh, sharing different pictures and things of you guys playing these characters or something, uh, would be our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, which are all at rng underscore pc. Um, so, yeah, definitely yep. reach out to us on there. And like I said, that's where we will share your things and retweet them and just, yeah, share the love of Dungeons & Dragons and crazy characters. So, yeah. All right. But that's, awesome. That's pretty that's much it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think that is the end of this episode. So uh, thank you guys for listening. It's the end of the show as we know it. And we're going to get fined for using this song. <laughs> And I feel fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Remember to keep rolling and keep playing. Talk to you later.